Welcome to Breaking Bible with the Tully Adventurers. Explore. It's a good day for some good news. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's Jesus' good news to us in John 16:33. As we face this new day and all it has for us, we find courage and hope in the only trustworthy words available. Tully Adventurers, explore. The Bible. This morning we're in Colossians chapter 2. And what has the Holy Spirit been speaking to you as we listen to it? I had a couple things. One uh, thing that spoke to me and another thing that I had some questions over. Okay. So I'm hoping maybe we can discuss that. So verses eh, around eight. Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments that will that never amount to anything. So this reminded me of a time when there was a particular group that uh, claimed that they were affiliated with a particular church mm -hmm. and they came through Long Beach and they went and set up at the college and they were all they did was incite people to argue with them like that was their tactic and so I remember my son calling me at home and being like, Mom, you're not going to believe this. He's like, and you know I love to argue, but I was not going to engage with these people. There was no winning. They were just spinning it in circles. And uh, I, that really had an impact on me. One, that he called me from college and was like, hey, Mom, you, you got to check this out. Um, but also that he was able to recognize that this is going nowhere because let me tell you if anybody can mount an argument it's my son Nick um, he's an amazing orator and um, yeah even as a kid like the thing as a parent you know sometimes you want to argue with your kids over whatever's going on or the situation like he was not that kid he he was either gonna a win and make you so frustrated you were just done or B just take it to the death. <laughs> um, anyway. <clears throat> so that's what really stood out to me. I'm going to talk about that first and then I'll go on to my, to whatever else. Well, what does this tell you? That's fantastic and it's a great story. What does it tell you about the people in that this letter of Colossians was written to? That they they were either people who were really good at talking and arguing or they were really susceptible to people who do that mm -hmm. so it's one of the two maybe both probably both yeah um you don't want to engage with people who argue unless you think that you're smart enough to argue with them True. and so it tells me that these are people who so earlier in this chapter Paul tells them, don't go out there looking for other mysteries or the secret or so-called mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> so, because he doesn't want anyone leading them off on some wild goose chase. Mm -hmm. And so, it's so easy when we start learning about who God is, and even as we continue, we find out that it's part of who we are. We want there to be some 
bigger mystery, some greater thing, something that we can solve because it feels good to solve the mystery. It feels good to win the argument. It feels good. And we're after our own, that, that dopamine hit, that drug induced feeling of I've won or I've figured it out. And so that's what it seems like the writer is telling the people, um, I believe they're in Collis, but this group of people who he's writing to, hey, if you're still just after getting that good feeling that comes from winning an argument or solving a mystery or whatever it is, it sounds like he's writing to Sherlock Holmes or people mm. who love uh, the TV show House, Sherlock Holmes, any of those kind of characters because it feels good to, yeah, Guilty. I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm one of them. And it feels good to um, see that type of person win. And yet, one of the great things we've been watching House, one of the great things about the show is it, it lets us know that if you win, if you get to be right, or if you even are right, you lose relationships. So you can be right or you can have relationships. And Paul's calling these people to let go of being right so they can actually have relationships with God and with other people. Mm -hmm. Agreed. This reminds me of times that something was on my heart, something was on my mind, mostly my mind. Um, and I go to interact with the world and I am ready for an argument. Like I am just... I wish somebody would, <laughs> you know, or I'm frustrated over a situation. Maybe it's, maybe it's even like a business matter. Like sometimes I'll get a bill and it's wrong and you know, there are, I like to think that most of the time I enter into those conversations with compassion that this, uh, this person didn't cause this. It's just a mistake. And if I made a mistake, I don't want to be, I don't want to be treated poorly. Like I am, you know, I want the opportunity to fix it and, and you know, apologize. Um, but there are times that I've gone into it hot, um, you know, or I'm already irritated and I get behind the wheel and, you know, I enter into traffic and I'm already hot. Um, so how about you? you ever have those situations? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, as much as I want to, be empathetic particularly to the customer service representative who they're just doing their job trying to get through their day um, I'm frustrated which means I'm three and I'm throwing a temper tantrum and so I want them to fix it I want them to do things that are way above their pay grade um, I want them to make whatever I want to be right right and they don't even have the power to do that so arguing with them or fighting with them is really a waste of time. It lets me get out some of the emotional energy that I have, but I'm taking it out on the wrong person, you know? So yeah, I've definitely been in that situation often. This idea is simple, but difficult mm -hmm. because I'm the kind of person who I love a good debate. I love a good argument. I I enjoy the feeling of trying to figure out what is actually wrong by having a strong heated debate with another human being so that we can figure out is there something that's right here. Um, 
but as soon as it and debating is not a problem but when I'm trying to debate so that I can get that feeling that I want of conquering of winning of being right instead of we're having this conversation to find out what the problem is or where we're miscommunicating or how to communicate better and have better relationship then we're missing it and I keep using the word relationship it's easy to get caught up in this is just about relationships no it's about doing the right things and yet the outcome of doing the right things or interacting with things correctly is you can also have great relationship and as we mentioned a day or two ago it's easy to let relationships be a thing that gets in our way of of being right of of having right relationship with God you know we want to we want that feeling of oh I'm so empathetic I'm so caring I put relationships first I put other people ahead of me but that's the same kind of of dopamine hit that we're asking for from our brains to make us feel good about ourselves so it's still not actually about having right relationship with God or even having right relationship with people and we see how that this is this is great because here in Colossians we're talking to the people who are so far on the logical side of the spectrum that they interact through arguments and in probably Ephesians and especially in Ephesians we were talking more to the relational people who want their relationships to be correct in the hierarchy and everyone knows how the relationship works and who's in charge when and right and these are helpful things but I just want to remind everyone and us as we think through what Paul is writing about he's writing to a specific group of people they're people who enjoy things. They're people who enjoy logic. They're probably your STEM people, science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, they can seem very stoic or dispassionate. And it's helpful to have all of these different books of the Bible that are going to different groups of people because when I read when I read Ephesians, I just go, well, of course, we all know that. You need to treat each other well, even if you're the boss at work, or even if you're a husband or a wife, or you're a child. Like, that just makes sense. Why are we even talking about that? But then we get here into Colossians, and we have to deal with, oh, we're talking about these things because there are groups of people who struggle with these specific things. I know because I want to argue all the time. I'm, so this one is definitely written mm -hmm. for someone like me and my tribe, my group of people. Right. Um, I'm imagining people that very much value not just the logic and the argument, but you know the science behind things. They're always looking for that 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 deeper meaning or that deeper understanding, and and sometimes it just is. Yeah. Sometimes it just is. And that's very hard for what is what does our son Joshua call it? Science guys. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
right, so anything else you want to say about that's that? That's good. What's the next thing that you wanted to, uh, that stood out for you? 11. Entering into this fullness, that means the fullness of God, is not something you figure out or achieve. You can't work harder at it. That speaks to me. So I've always valued work ethic. Um, you know, working hard, working till the job's done. Um, you know, doing your your best at it. Um, giving it your all. Um, and this is not something I can figure out or achieve. Like, okay, I'm, I'm my I'm a tenth degree black belt in God. Like, it's just not. It's, it's ongoing. It just is. I'm already loved as much as I can be loved. I'm already fully enveloped in, in, in God's life. I, there is no working harder at it. Um, we've been talking about suffering and Boy, that is just a hot topic at our house right now. Um, not to dive deeper into it, but just to get to acceptance. Um, and I'm really trying to make a clear distinction in my head. I'm not trying to understand it more. <coughs> Pardon me. So that I don't feel bad. And I'm trying to go through the steps of grieving so that I can accept it. And it's in that acceptance that the peace is found. Not working my brain, you know, in equations to get to the core of it. It's, it's not about that. Um, and that's difficult for me because I want to be able to sit down and write it all out and, you know, logic my way out of it. And that's just not how it works. It just isn't. Um, there's one other thing that got me, got me going. I'm looking for it. It was something. Oh, here it is. 16. So don't put up with anyone pressuring you in details of diet, worship services, or holy days. Um, you know, it may not be that way so much now, but I remember as a kid, you know, so many rules, so many, you know, you can't eat this on Fridays. You can't, you know, when I was real little, and it changed fairly early on in my life, but when I was real little, it was like on Christmas Eve, you couldn't eat till after midnight. You had to fast until midnight. And, you know, the list went on and on and on. And, you know, I, I read this and I'm like, how did they miss this? Um, especially because in, in what I remember about going to church as a kid, it was always a letter to Paul, a letter from Paul to the Corinthians letter to Paul, you know, so it's not that they didn't know these letters existed. Um, but I think that, you know, as humans. We, we notice different things. We pick apart what we think is important. Um, we 
we profess what is important to us and you know it, it, we're all human regardless of our title so anyway stands out for me as you talk about that is how difficult it is to lead a group of people yeah it's like herding cats <laughs> herding butterflies right they're all just floating off in their own directions doing their own mm -hmm. thing going in their own way and you mentioned did they miss this part well probably not what they have to deal with though is if 80% of your congregation are people who need to hear Ephesians because Colossians just isn't going to make sense to them then that 20 you know that 10% of people who need to hear Colossians might not get to hear it or it won't get to hear it as often as they need to hear it because 80% of the people there are in need of Ephesians. Right. And it and, is it is a global religion and so it and they use the same format. So you're talking about the Catholic Church. Yes, they use the same format all around the world. Right. Like we're all reading the same letter on the same day. Which feels pretty good if you're someone who wants to hold a commonality and a common mm -hmm. sense, wants to feel like you're part of a tribe that's bigger than you and holds all these things in common. And I'm not going to lie, like as much as I'm curious about, you know, how it was as a kid or, or you know, where I came from, there's a comfort in that, in that regimen, there's a comfort in that ritual, there's a comfort in that. I know how it's going to go every single service. You know, I know exactly where to find it in the missalette. Like, there's a comfort in that to me. Sure. So, yeah, I get that. And how we as individuals then go and interact with the Bible or interact with our churches is an important aspect of how we're going to see the church. Uh, what's interesting, though, about this as well is Paul might be writing this letter to a specific group of people who we would call a church, but it also has to do with their lives interacting with people outside of the church. So here he is telling them, you know, don't get yourself so caught up about getting on the keto diet or getting on the Atkins diet or watching people on social media who are telling you, you can have fitness just like me if you'll work hard. Well, <laughs> you're 20-something and I'm 50-something. It's a little different. Or, you know, we get so caught up. It's a, I know I personally get so caught up in seeing people who have a different life than me, different health level, different interests in arguments or not arguing. Um, could I be healthier? Do I need to lose a few pounds? Yes, absolutely. But if I get so caught up in trying to find this person who I can follow, who's going to make me fit or healthy or whatever, I'm missing out on the rest and peace that God has for me because most likely at some point I'm going to fall into the trap of arguing with this person because I just want to be right and then breaking that relationship because they will or will not argue with me as much as I want. They're not making me feel the way I want to feel. And that's the lack of immaturity that I have to deal with, you know? 
that's in myself that God is dealing with me and with and God will help me to become more mature and help me to interact better with people and with things but I want that I want that feeling of being right of winning of conquering of you know whatever it is that that gives me that rush I think too what Paul is saying is don't let someone pressure you into these things to the point of putting them before God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All these things are rust and dust. Right. They're going to pass away. It's funny, even worship services. Like, Are you there because you just feel guilty if you don't go? Or are you there because you're actually there to worship God? Have you ever done either one of those? Oh, gosh, both. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing about being Catholic is that we're required to do Sunday service, uh, Sunday Mass. And the only exception is 5.30 Saturday. So if you have something scheduled Sunday, you, you're allowed to go to 5.30 Saturday. And so, and, and it's called the obligation. It's called Sunday obligation. And uh, somehow I, I, when I think, of, when I personally think of the word obligation, I think of, I'm doing this because I have to, not because I want to love God better, not because I want to worship God, not because I want to spend time with God in my community. It's because I have to. You ever sat in a room of people that have to? When I'm teaching, I call them hostages. You know, when I'm teaching business, the owner of the business has sent them and they don't want to be there, but they're there because they have to. And I hate that feeling. I hate being the teacher of those people and I hate being those people. (laughs) Good stuff. And it's heartbreaking because once again, how do you herd cats? Yeah. How do you, you know, there are people who definitely when they hear they have an obligation that just perks them up and, mm-hmm. and makes them feel good. Yes. You know, I get to fulfill my responsibility. I'll be there. Right. You know, and there's plenty of people who fall into that category. And so then there's always that tension between the people who want to have arguments and the people who don't, the people who want to have obligations and the people who don't, the people who love having all the rules and the people who want to break all the rules. Mm -hmm. There's always the tension between that. And so to expect that we're going to get, I'm going to go to church and get exactly what I personally need. That's an unrealistic expectation Mm -hmm. and it sets us up for failure and it sets the church up for failure. It also reminds me of churches that have, you know, multiple services on a particular day. And it's like one family member is just pressuring the other family members to, we have to do this because it's available. And that, that leads me back to this. Like, don't let anybody pressure you into the details of it all. Um, it's not about the details of it all. And I think the, The other part we need to remember is in chapter one, Paul was reframing how we look at suffering. In all of the 
in all of these letters, Paul reframes how we look at suffering. Yes. And so you just mentioned, you know, there's three or four different services available on a Sunday. Your morning person wants to go to the 9 a.m. Your I want to sleep until noon person wants to go to the night service. The kids want to go to the, you know, they each want to go to a different one of the middle services because their friends go to that one. And that suffering, that struggle is there so that we can learn how to sacrifice our own desires. Mm-hmm. Morning person, sit down and have some coffee and chill out. Night person, wake up before noon. Kids, we're all as a family going to go to this service. You can talk to your friends and see if they can come to that one as well. Or we can figure out how to be grateful for what we do get to have. And it's all still about dying to ourselves. Yeah. Letting go of of what we personally want because my way doesn't have to be the right way. Even if I can out-argue you about why my way is the right way. (laughs) Um, So this takes me to, I'm really grateful that we've noticed that in this book, Paul's talking to the type of people who are Sherlock Holmes people who are, you know, STEM people, the science guys and all of that kind of stuff. Because in verse five, he says, I'm a long way off, true, and you may never lay eyes on me, but believe me. And what is it that science people and engineers and tech and math people all want? I want to have my eyes on it. I want to figure it out for myself. I want to see this. I want to seeing is believing that's that's the science way right yeah if i can't prove it if i can't see it for myself if i can't understand it for myself then it doesn't exist and so paul's calling them to faith by the circumstances that they're in hey you might never meet me we might never have a personal conversation we might never get to have some of these debates that you want to talk one-on-one but you can believe me that I'm on your side. And it's such a great challenge and it's so valuable because it's true. He is on their side. He's willing to write this letter and send it to them. But of course, for me personally, well, I want more from you. You should, you should come here and see me. You should come have this debate with me. <laughs> You should relate to me and interact with me the way I want you to because it's what I need, quote unquote, so that I can feel comfortable being part of this church or feel the ways that I need to feel so that I'll want to. It's the, it's the emotional connection I need to the church to be willing to go to church. If you, it's, it's a negotiation. It's a... If you do this for me, then I'll do this for you. Right. And so Paul's calling them to belief without getting to have that personal desire met. And it's so good. It's just such, it's this little line that's easy to jump over or throw away, but it's just so good because it's what we, sciencey people, or, you know, seeing as believing people, us argumentative people, it's one of those things that we need to be challenged by. And I like that he's setting this up for STEM people, but he sets it up backwards to them. He puts the call to action first. 
typically a science person will go through the information and then the call to action is at the end. Mm -hmm. He's flipped that. He's flipped that upside down. Is there anything else that um, stands out for you particularly? Not particularly. Those were the things for me today. I really like that. It's not something you figure out or achieve. <laughs> Shoots. Don't be pressured into these details. You can only have a worship service this way. You have to have communion. You have to have baptisms every single Sunday. You have to this, that, or the other thing, whatever. Speak the, in tongues. Yes, you have to speak in tongues or else you're not a Christian. These are all sentences that I've, and probably we have heard mm -hmm. from people who are trying to prove that they're good enough, that they deserve to be in church or that their church is better than some other church. Mm -hmm. And it's all missing the point. It's still all that selfish, self-serving I get to be valuable, not because God created me and has made me valuable. I get to be valuable because of this thing that I do. Mm -hmm. I remember one time I went to a, a funeral service at a particular church and the, the priest said um, it was time for communion and uh, the priest put all these conditions on it. He was like, if you have not been to confession in the last seven days, don't come up here. If you have not done this, this, or this, if you have not made your sacraments, don't, don't come up here. And all I could think in the moment was Jesus would have never said that. He would have, he, he didn't create the, like the fishes and the loaves for people and be like, okay, but you, 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 you people over the, no, not you. Like, that's not how he did it. Um, but who knows? Maybe the guy just had a bad date. Maybe he ate some bad food the night before. <laughs> Maybe he didn't sleep good. Like, you know, but of course in that moment, I was just appalled. Like, but you're a priest. Like, as though you were, you know, more than human. You're not, you know. Heck, maybe you had to go to the bathroom real bad. Like, who knows? <laughs> Trying to figure out how I can only deal with half of you because I got to go to the bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that's so good who knows i mean i'm not gonna lie i've been i've been on a stage or been teaching and been like let's take five <laughs> right you know it, it happens but um i want to commend you that's a great moment of compassion being able to step outside of i'm the person who's in the crowd not getting what i need and stepping into this the shoes of the person who's leading mm -hmm. and maybe they're not getting what they need mm -hmm. and so good job that's really well done one of the most beautiful beautiful moments uh that i ever saw with communion ever was um uh, at a wedding and uh one of my childhood friends was there and she went up to receive communion and at this particular church they would tell you you know if you're not if you haven't been baptized Catholic, then you can still come up here, but just they ask you to do this so that the priest can bless you rather than give you communion. So that was their condition there. And uh, she went up and she was holding her baby on her hip. I think her baby was about two and a half, three. And um, 
he, she held her hands out for communion. The priest put it in her hands. And when she turned away, normally you would put that in your mouth. She turned to her daughter and she blessed her daughter and she gave it to her. And it was totally against the rules. Like that is a no, 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 no at Catholic church. But I just remember feeling like that was the most beautiful moment I'd ever seen. And, um, I think at the time I thought, you know, it was just the rebel in me like, yeah, she broke the rules. Cause I tend to you know, do that, but it wasn't, it was just, she was just sharing that love with her child. And you know, how could I fault somebody for that? So anyway, my point is that those rituals are comforting. Uh, they, they definitely can be comforting. And they weren't created with malintention at all. Um, and we're all human. We're all human. You know, some days I'm really good at being compassionate to people. And some days I am not. I am just not. Um, so I have to have space for other people too have their not day as well and I'll close up our time with the way Paul closes up this section of this letter in verse 20 he says so then if with Christ we you've put all that pretentious and infantile religion behind you why do you let yourselves be bullied by it it's a great question it's a great question and it's a, an easy trap to fall into we want to feel those levels of comfort and we let people tell us what we're supposed to do or not supposed to do instead of trusting trusting God and trusting Christ. And I know that it is so much easier to just have someone tell you what to do instead of accepting the suffering that comes with God is working in this situation. God sees what's going on and he has a reason for it. It doesn't feel good to us because people are feeling more pain than we want them to feel or we're feeling more pain than we want to feel. But God's doing something in that moment. He's allowing those people to have just enough pain so that they might choose to do something different or change their heart or mind. And it's so arrogant of me to think that I know what that person needs or even what I need better than God does. So I'm going to try to make myself feel better by making sure that person doesn't have to feel that much pain or that I don't have to feel that much pain. And this is going to be kind of, of tough. Um, I'm not telling anyone here to cuss or not to cuss, but something that has been on my heart is growing up, I was told, you just can't cuss, never use cuss words. And we actually call them adult words because when you grow up and become an adult, they become words that then become available to you. And <clears throat> our our alarm just went off for chat. So if you're here with us in chat, we'd love to chat with you. I see that there are a couple things up on my screen. We don't quite have them on the screen we can see. So give me just a moment. 
I'd like to know about that. Oh yes, that's a fantastic question. All right, I gotta move forward so I can see this. And we've got, I don't know exactly how to say this, Von Regen. Can I ask something I would like to know about dying to ourself? I can relate to those things too. It gives me the feeling that I'm fake because I don't have what they have. Ooh, that's fantastic. Wow, that's a really, yes, that's so good. And you're, you're onto something that's really valuable and important. Um, because you, so we're having a technical issue because you got here later. It, that chat that happened before you were here isn't going to show up. Oh, okay. So we have to make sure we get got our it. screen on about 830. So we'll be able to see what's going on. Okay. So to your point, dying to yourself. Um, one of the hardest parts of being married is that you are faced with who you really are because there's someone around you every single day. For instance, this morning, I was realizing that I expected my wife to be looking at something that I was looking at, and so I just made this comment about, hey, notice that this is written here, don't forget to say it. I didn't say, hey Jen, will you look at this same thing that I'm looking at? Okay, now we're both looking at this same thing and I can actually talk about it because we're both looking at the same thing. My expectation was that my wife was looking at the same thing as me. And I have to die to myself in that I have this selfish desire within me that other people see the exact same thing I see. And the reality is even when Jen and I are looking at the exact same thing, that does not mean that we see the same thing. Not at all. <laughs> It happens all the time. All the time. Um, can I yeah, add go to ahead. that? So what, what I'm personally working on as far as dying to myself, what that means to me right in this moment, because it changes, um, is checking my expectations. Because I want to argue that my expectations are held common with the world. You're not part of that. And so they're still good expectations. They're still realistic. You're just a jerk. <laughs> when the reality is an expectation is not realistic unless you've both agreed on it. Then otherwise it's unrealistic. And then when I hold you to that unrealistic expectation and I get angry and frustrated and this is what you're doing to me. That's the part that I have to die to myself. It's the, it's these self beliefs or these stories we tell ourselves about what's right and, and you're wrong and not having compassion for maybe you don't know the same things I know. Maybe you don't see it. Maybe you've forgotten it. Maybe something else is heavy on your heart in that moment. It's having compassion for the other person um, and checking your own unrealistic expectations. That's Absolutely. what it is to me. Absolutely. In this season, Jen and I are dealing with our inner vows. We've told ourselves that we can control how much suffering or pain we're going to go through if we'll just do these certain things. Um, and we have a, an entire um, session on that. It's up on YouTube. You can check it out. It's called Inner Vows. Um, and this idea of dying to ourselves is letting go of being right. 
that's the easiest way to put it. But it's the hard part about having this, trying to have this conversation because there is this general idea of dying to yourself means I have to become a doormat. Well, when we read about Jesus and how he interacted with people, he was not a doormat. He had solid boundaries that were there to protect relationship, but he also wasn't judgmental with his boundaries where he wouldn't spend time with people who didn't fit the religious norm, quote unquote. In fact, it's interesting because Jesus probably was harsher and harder on religious people than on anybody else. And so when we try to make this whole idea of dying to yourself something where we're going to work hard or understand it, we're actually going against what happens, what Paul tells us about here in Colossians. It's so easy to get caught up in, I need to understand this concept or idea about being a Christian or about how the church works or about how God works, and then I'll be good enough. Well, that's still falling back into what Paul is talking about here. We're just trying to selfishly get what we need so that we can feel comfortable. And one of the worst parts about life is so much of it is so uncomfortable. Even if we have a house and we have air conditioning and heating and we have plenty of food and we have all of our basic needs met, we have people who love us and we have all of these other things, we're still uncomfortable. There's still suffering. It still hurts. And so even with the idea of dying to ourselves, even if we could die to ourselves fully, which would actually look like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, God, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to go through this suffering, but not my will, but yours be done. And then be willing to accept the suffering the way Jesus did. Even if we got to that point, there's still the suffering. It's one of the most heartbreaking things about being a Christian or being part of any religion. We're hoping that there's something we can do that's going to ease our suffering and make it so that we can control how much suffering there is. And like I said, that's where we're at. That's what we're dealing with, learning how to grieve. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And his whole point was, there's a reason that we're suffering. And sometimes it's not so that we learn a lesson. Sometimes it's not so that we get something out of it. Sometimes we're an example. If you read the book of Job, he is an example of someone who did everything right and God still let him go through the worst suffering that most of us can imagine. And he was an example of God's love and he was an example of faith. No matter how much I suffer, I'm going to believe that God is the one who loves me and is in control, and I'm not going to lose my integrity. I'm going to hold true that God is still loving me and caring about me. And it changes the way we interact with the world. And so, thank you so much for being part of our chat, for asking that question it's helpful. And I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you're going through today. If you're hurting, we want you to know we're hurting too. Life is full of, of suffering and pain. And our hope is that eternal hope, that God loves us, that God is going to somehow make 
everything good, even though every human being on the planet is choosing to do things their own way instead of caring about God's way of doing things. So our prayer for you is that you will become wise and have your spirit attuned to God's way. And that's our prayer for ourselves as well. God, please give us wisdom, which is the ability to accept reality and all of the suffering that goes along with it and all of the joy that you give us through all of that and tune our spirits to you. Tune our spirits to who you are. So as we end today, we'd like to remind you. Follow and subscribe on Twitch to chat with us. Like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks for joining us on this adventure. Much love. Tell the adventurers, explore.